0: Hey there! It's What a Week, part of the Vanguard Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Gatlin. Here's all the news that you need to know this week. The U.S. Postal Service confirms it has removed mailboxes in Portland and Eugene. A spokesman for the USPS confirmed that the agency has removed four blue boxes from Portland and 27 from Eugene this week. The USPS plans to remove a few more boxes from Portland next week. Quote, "The reason we're doing it is because of declining mail volume," USPS spokesman Ernie Swanson told Willamette Week. Quote, ever since the pandemic came along, people are mailing less for some reason. On Thursday, a photo surfaced on social media that depicted a person lifting multiple USPS boxes into a truck in northeast Portland, sparking concern among residents. Swanson said, USPS is only removing mailboxes where there were already multiple boxes stationed next to each other. USPS has not removed any mailboxes in locations where there was only one, Swanson said. Quote, In locations where we have more than one box sitting in the same spot side by side, we leave one behind, Swanson said. And he said the directive came from USPS headquarters about a week ago and that boxes are probably being removed nationwide. The removal of mailboxes arrives amid a change in leadership at the USPS that many postal workers contend is intended to sabotage the agency during an election year. Portland Postal workers warned earlier this month that voters should be wary of using the mail to deliver their ballots in the final week of the August special election. On Thursday, President Donald Trump said he is intentionally undermining the USPS to make it more difficult to vote by mail, causing concern among Americans as the November election approaches. Many citizens are planning to vote by mail to avoid venturing into crowded polling areas during the COVID-19 pandemic. Following that admission by President Trump that he is intentionally undermining the USPS ahead of the election, Oregon leaders have decried Trump's attack on the USPS. During a press conference, U.S. Senators Ron Wyden and Jeff Merkley from Oregon said Trump was intentionally trying to sabotage vote-by-mail. Wyden floated the idea of having the Oregon National Guard step in during election season to ensure ballots are received and processed in time. Nothing is set in stone yet, Wyden said, but he is having conversations with Governor Kate Brown and the head of the National Guard about the possibility. Quote, we're going to make sure that every single ballot that is cast is going to be counted, Wyden said during the press conference, and we are not going to let Donald Trump and his bullies take away that sacred vote-by-mail effort that Oregon has spent over two decades creating. Also on Friday, Oregon Secretary of State Bev Clarno responded in a public statement to a July 31st letter sent out by the USPS regarding concerns that mailed ballots might be delayed due to changes within the post office. Quote, Fortunately, Oregon has two decades of experience working with our local contacts at the USPS and has an excellent partnership with them to ensure ongoing support for our elections, Clarno said. We will, of course, continue to work with them and monitor any potential impact to both the mailing of ballots to voters and the return of ballots. We at the state level are meeting with our USPS partners to ensure we're ready for November. Following the mailbox removal, presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden called the situation in Oregon, quote, bizarre, The Washington Post reported. In slightly happier news this week, Powell's City of Books will reopen with limited capacity and access this Friday at its downtown location. It will be the first time the Portland landmark has welcomed customers since March. Today, the company announced that its three-story West Burnside flagship will make two of its seven sections available for in-person shopping with limited hours. Starting August 21st, part of Powell's first floor will be open for browsing from noon to 6 p.m., Wednesdays through Sundays. At the beginning of the month, Powell's reopened at Cedar Hills location. In the announcement of the downtown location's reopening, CEO Emily Powell wrote that now that the Cedar Hills store has been open for two weeks, quote, We are going to try a similar experiment with a limited opening of the green and blue rooms of our downtown store. The Oregon Health Authority reported 192 COVID-19 diagnoses Monday, bringing the state's total confirmed or presumed cases of the coronavirus to more than 23,500 since the start of the pandemic. A large share of new diagnoses were in the Portland metro area, with 57 in Multnomah County, 23 in Washington County, and 12 in Clackamas County. Marion County reported 30 new cases. The state reported no new COVID-19-related deaths Monday, leaving Oregon's death toll from the virus at 388. And in national news, the Democratic National Convention has a distinctly different feel this year, with the coronavirus pandemic pushing it to a virtual affair that lacks crowds, behind-the-scenes deal-making, and the general pizzazz of a political celebration. It's also taking on a somber tone, with both Democratic leaders and Americans from around the country warning about what they see as the dangers of Donald Trump and the lack of leadership as COVID-19 has ravaged the United States. Big questions loom over the four-day event. Will Joe Biden get a convention bump at the polls? Will the Democratic Party anoint a new rising star? How will Kamala Harris handle her big moment? And will Trump try to stomp on the event? Uh, the key moments from the first night. Michelle Obama delivered an impassioned plea for a Biden presidency, slamming Trump as a president out of his depth and urging Americans to rise above the politics of division. Wearing a necklace spelling V-O-T-E, the former first lady urged Americans to cast a ballot, via mail or in person, for Biden, quote, like our lives depend on it. In a speech that largely avoided mentioning the incumbent by name, Obama labeled Trump as the wrong president for the country, quote, he has had more than enough time to prove that he can do the job, but he is clearly in over his head, he cannot meet the moment, Obama said, with an air of resignation. He simply cannot be who we need him to be for us, it is what it is. John Kasich, the former Ohio governor and one of Trump's primary challengers back in 2016, stood at a literal crossroads as he talked about his choice to vote for Biden, despite being a long-standing Republican. Quote, I'm a lifelong Republican, but that attachment holds second place to my responsibility to my country, he said. That's why I have chosen to appear at this convention in normal times. Something like this would probably never happen, but these are not normal times. Biden's biggest primary rival, Senator Bernie Sanders, painted Trump as an authoritarian threat to the United States and urged his supporters to elect Biden. Quote, the future of our democracy is at stake. The future of our economy is at stake. The future of our planet is at stake, Sanders said. My friends, the price of failure is just too great to imagine. In a rare mention of policy detail during the night, the Vermont senator noted he and Biden diverge on how to provide every American with health care, the defining issue of the primary campaign but in a sign of unity Sanders said that Biden's plan would nevertheless expand coverage lower prescription drug prices and enroll more Americans in Medicare in international news Belarusian president Alexander Lukashenko has been heckled by workers on a visit to a factory as anger mounts over his disputed re-election workers chanted leave and booed the longtime leader of the ex-Soviet state as he insisted he would not allow a new vote after allegations of ballot fraud Strike action spread to state TV, with staff walking out on Monday. Opposition candidate Svetlana Tikhanovskaya has suggested she could act as an interim leader. Police violence toward opposition supporters, as well as the alleged poll rigging in the 9th of August vote, fueled a big protest rally in the capital Minsk on Sunday. Mr. Lukashenko has led Belarus since 1994, maintaining close relations with neighboring Russia, on which Belarus heavily relies for energy supplies. According to local independent news site tut.by, Sunday's opposition rally in Minsk was the largest in the history of independent Belarus. A wave of anger has been rising since the Central Election Commission said Mr. Lukashenko had won 80.1% of the vote and Ms. Tikhanovskaya 10.12%. Hundreds of protesters have been wounded and two have died in clashes with police over the past week some 6700 people have been arrested and many have spoken of torture at the hands of security forces on a visit to a minsk tra- on a visit to a minsk tractor plant on monday mr lukashenko sought to defend his disputed victory telling workers quote we held the election until you kill me there will be no other election that's all of the news you need to know this week this is what a week have a great day everyone